Welcome to Sundoku Book Club, where we finally get to the books that have been sitting on our shelves for forever. I'm Leif Nelson. And I'm Emily Miner. And today, several months later than we planned, um, we are going to be talking about uh, Stories of Your Life and Others by Ted Chang, which is a collection of short stories by, you guessed it, Ted Chang. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to, like, smoothly make a joke about how it's been months and months and we didn't intend it and, oh, story of my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I just had to interject it. Yeah. Listen, if you can't be subtle, just don't even bother. Just, like, I'm not right good in. at subtle. Yeah. So, uh, this book is, I think I maybe have talked about it before, this is the first, I think, in a long line of books that I'm going to be doing for the podcast that are specifically Christmas presents I received and haven't read. And I'm sure that there are others that are earlier than this one, um, but this was the first one that I actually read. And it's also the first Christmas present I think that you gave me. It was I, I think it was Christmas. It might have been birthday. This one? Yes. I did not give you this. Yes, you did. You gave me two books. You've given oh, did me... I give you both? Yes, you did. I thought that I only... I thought that your dad gave you the first one for No, I gave him it a couple oh, years later. Oh, that's right. As a gift. Okay, yes. Yes. I did give you two books yeah. of Ted Chang. We started dating in 2017. At some point, we both realized we both liked the movie Arrival. And I think this must have been just happenstance, but I got a novella by him called The Life Cycle of Software Objects, mm -hmm. which is very good. And I happened to be reading it on the same Christmas that you gave me this book. So that was fun. Um, but Life Cycle of Software Objects is very good. It's also very expensive. A physical copy is like... 80 to a hundred dollars oh my god it was it was one of his first publications from what i can remember um it has very cool artwork um it's reminiscent i don't know who the artist is i'll i'll try and find a link for it on twitter um but it's reminiscent to me of oh i'm also forgetting the name i want to say his name is dustin Wynn, um the illustrator of um descender and ascender which is a comic book uh series uh which has super cool uh covers and interior artwork um but uh yeah we we both really liked arrival it's a great movie um and this this um story of your life or stories of your life i can't remember the name of the um name of the short story is what arrival was based on and so I don't know. I, I feel I always feel like I should be reading more short stories than I do because I think they are really great, like sit down and read it in one sitting type of things, which you can't really do with books unless you're like in middle school and the last Harry Potter book just came out um, when you have like the time for that sort of thing. Um like, I really do love reading short stories. I really love reading collections of short stories, like, straight through. Uh, like, there's something about being... It, it's like a TV show. You watch a single episode, and you're able to, like, digest that one episode and kind of, like, think about it and talk about it, and then you can move on to the next one, or things like that. 
And also, I think a, wh- a while back, I realized I had a l- stronger stomach for bad short stories than I do for bad books, which is weird because I read a lot of bad books, but I'm more willing to give a bad or not great short story the benefit of the doubt than I am a book where sometimes I'll get like a quarter of the way through, realize it's a bad book, and kind of, I don't know if resign myself is the right word to it for it, but like... I kind of turn off my enjoyment part of the brain and turn into like hypercritical, like just picking it apart. It's like, oh, I'm that's I don't like this style of writing or I don't like it when an author uses this trope um, type of thing. Whereas with a short story again, yeah, like, I don't know, I just read it and I kind of just like accept if I like it or not. And then I kind of move on well that's the lovely thing about short stories is they're short mm. yeah so mm. that it's right there in the name mm-hmm. <laughs> bite size <laughs> uh yeah so um i don't know it's, it's always weird for me talking about this sort of thing i always try not to go too deep into plot and i'm gonna kind of stay the same with this so i'm with um stories of your life and others i'm going to simply kind of list which of the stories i liked and a little bit about them. I'm not going to go too deep into it. And then I'm going to, I think I'm going to just kind of like talk about Ted Chang a little bit. So, um, the stories I liked, um, the first one, I don't know why I really never do this, but normally when I read a book of short stories, I will just read it straight through, like in the order that it's presented. Um, And it's not like I have a philosophical reason for doing that. It's just a thing I do. It's easier. I do think it helps me, like, not raise expectations. But for some reason, I first read this within the year you gave it to me. Um, It's a short story called Division by Zero. It's about a mathematician who attempts suicide when she discovers that math as we know it is wrong. She proves that one equals zero. She's mm-hmm. able to write a mathematical proof. Um, and there are ways you can do this, like that involve like dividing by zero and things like this, but that like breaks certain rules that I don't understand in real life. But in this story, she finds a proof that like without breaking any known rules of math breaks the rules of math where zero equals one mm-hmm. type of thing. And she can do it with any number. She's like sending information to other mathematicians who are like, can't figure out, they're like, you must have done something wrong, but they can't find what she's done wrong. And it is, and and so she attempts suicide, fails, because the the story is more about the aftermath Mm -hmm. of that. And her partner, who has also attempted suicide when he was much younger, kind of grappling with it. Um, And it's kind of about, like, what do you do when your world kind of, like, the way you understand the world like fundamentally changes and but it's done in a very f- almost funny way in the sense <laughs> of like oh math is wrong i better <laughs> hang myself can't, i don't know can't do it anymore yeah and and part of what i liked about it is that the um story the story from the partner's point of view is that he like it's entirely internal because externally he is very much like a loving partner like helping her along, helping her recover, all these things. And inside, he's like, why did you do this? Like, how could this possibly be something 
that you like would be willing to kill yourself over. And so it's just a very interesting thing. You're seeing like a bunch of different sides and I don't know, it was just interesting, especially since I had like zero understanding. I think I've been meaning to introduce this to, um, Aaron, a friend of mine who's a math PhD student. Mm. I just think it'd be funny to see what he thought about it. If just to get his opinion, what what would the math community be like? If, <laughs> oh, hey, you can prove one equals zero. Uh, <laughs> a so, little upset. Maybe a little bit upset, but honestly, I feel like a lot of people would be very excited. It's like, ooh, we can mm-hmm. do something else. Um, the next two, I, I'm gonna, yeah, I I really don't want to like go into the plot of it. I, I I read that first story. I enjoyed it. I started reading the second one. I don't remember which one. And then I just stopped. And I never went back to that. And in the intervening four years, you got me another book from Ted Chang, another set of short stories. I think it was a couple Christmases later. Yeah, it was, um, I think, two years ago. So it would have been two Christmases later. Yeah, so <laughs> I've got another one in the wings. Uh, I don't know if I'll do it for the book because... For the podcast, it'll it'll probably be pretty similar. But yeah, I, I went back and I actually started reading from the beginning. And the very first one I ended up really liking is The Tower of Babylon, which is a reimagining of the Tower of Babel story from the Bible, where people are building a tower, trying to reach... I, I can't remember if they're trying to reach heaven or if they are trying to like just proclaim the greatness of their civilization, and God smites them by making everyone speak different languages so they can't work together and they just scatter to the four winds. Um, and yeah, this one is just a reimagining of that in which what if they they didn't get smited and they did reach heaven? And it's just a very cool story. <laughs> um, it's written from the point of view of one of the workers and the description of him climbing the tower for months to get to the point where they can start building is really interesting and cool. Oh my like, gosh. It's so, like, just the thought of, like, how tall would a tower have to be built by, like, I don't know uh, anthropological eras. I know, like, <laughs> I know dinosaur eras. I don't know human ones. It's not prehistory because there's written word, but it's the, early history. The Bronze Age. Yeah, early Bronze Age stuff where know. with early Bronze Age technology or really even up to, like, early 1800s how long would it take to climb up to the atmosphere how long would it take to like literally climb a spiral staircase that far up and it's just really cool how he kind of goes with that uh the other one i really liked also fairly biblical or religious ish uh is 72 letters which is kind of about like what if golems were real and studied scientifically? So golems are from Jewish folklore where someone, usually a priest, writes a scroll and puts it in the mouth of a clay figure. Mm-hmm. And it comes to life and acts as like a protector. I think the golem of Warsaw, I can't remember, but there's like a Polish, like a Jewish-Polish story specifically about a golem. Um, I think there's been like a children's book about it that I read years and years ago. Um, but, but so this kind of takes the idea of like, okay, what if, um, the 72, I'm assuming it's 72 Hebrew letters were literally magic and what you wrote on them could be like used to program a figure Mm. or like something. And it's really interesting because it, 
it's something that I think Ted Chang does well overall, is which is he takes the central premise, and the book is not about that premise. The premise is always there. So, like, Arrival, spoilers for a, what, 2015, 2016 movie? Yeah. Um, has this kind of, like, weird time stuff going on, weird stuff with a language, and that's there, and it's important, but... The story is about Amy Adams's character kind of like coming to terms with grief and how to process that sort of thing. And it's really interesting. Um, and, and I think he does that pretty well in all of his short stories. I'll kind of go into what I don't think he does well later. But yeah, so like it starts with this concept of, oh, golems. Scientists are all about like figuring out new ways to arrange or what new messages to write on the uh, scrap of parchment they put in the thing in order to find out new things that you can do. And it tr- and it's taking place in, like, I want to say late 1700s, maybe mid to late 1800s. I really can't remember. No, it must be late 1800s because it's kind of like Industrial Revolution type stuff um, where there's kind of like all of this philosophical questions of, Oh, what if we make someone who can replace skilled labor? What if we make something that can replace, like, the tanner or the cobbler and things like that? Where even that is not exactly the focus, but it, like, really does kind of point to him examining the consequences of whatever fantastical thing he has dreamed up for this story and it feeling real, like... The, the main character in this is very interested in making as human-like a golem as possible. Like, it's kind of seen as, like, the holy grail of making golems. And it's generally accepted, no, you can't do that. Like, it's just not possible. We've Because you you can't boil down the human essence into 72 letters, like, or characters. You just can't do that. He, it's just very interesting, his character, where he's kind of, like, like lower, upper-class um, scientist who is trying all these new things and doesn't quite understand the consequences of what's going to happen. Cause like that, the whole thing about like, Oh, what will the, the like low, like quote unquote, low skill jobs do when you replace them? And he's like, Oh, it'll make life better for them. And it's like, mm, will that happen? No, probably not. Um, and then there's a huge like medical phys- metaphysical thing that comes up in the middle of the short story that completely changes everything and is very cool, uh, and, but I won't go into that. So <laughs> you should read it for yourself. It's very fun. Um, yeah. So to me, it's sounding like even in a short story, Chang does a really good job with the world building. Yes. I would say world building is like what he really really does well it wasn't my favorite but there was one where it was like what if angels and miracles like generally when you like talk about like christianity and stuff people talk about like oh like age of miracles like jesus walking among people and like all these things happening it's like okay what if angels and miracles like have just never stopped and it's been still going like how does that affect things for say an atheist or something like that like what does that mean so um yeah um and then the last one that i i don't know i I go back and forth on whether i like really liked it but i did think it was interesting 
was a story called Liking What You See, which was written as if it was like transcribed from a documentary. And it's a documentary about, I don't know what the technical term is, and I can't remember the term he used in the book. Um, it's like, what if we could turn on, cert- turn off certain parts of the brain that understand certain things? And specifically, it was talking about being able to be find something physically attractive. And so the reason for it, and it's presented as like this thing where there are communities of people where they get like this, I don't know if it's an injection or something. I think it's just an injection because I think it's pretty simple to turn off and turn back on again. It's not like a chip in your brain type of, or a surgery that cuts something out of your brain where there are communities of people who are willfully turning off the part of their brain that's like, oh, that person is attractive and that person is not like physically pretty, not pretty, mm-hmm. handsome, not handsome. And it follows a couple characters around. And one of them is a girl who decided to stop taking the drug and now recognizes who is attractive and who isn't. And that's not all of it. It's kind of like approaching it as like a school slash like civil rights uh, issue. Like um, it, it kind of follows around this school that like, heavily suggests but doesn't require everyone take it um and it's just really interesting kind of talking about like how does attraction affect our everyday life because the main she's not really the main character but like she's the person you're closest to part of her no longer taking the drug is realizing hey my ex-boyfriend is really hot like really hot well, I don't think I kn- knew how attractive he was. I should try and start dating him again. And it's like, and she even talks about it. they had broken up uh, amicably before that. So it's like, how does like suddenly seeing someone as attractive like change who you're wanting to be around and stuff like that? And it's interesting. Um, and now I kind of get into what I don't entirely love about Ted Cheng's writing, which is. I think he's very good at world building. Um, I have a note here that says he reminds me of Isaac Asimov a lot. Asimov is kind of like seen as like the granddaddy of maybe not maybe the thought the daddy of <laughs> Ew. the daddy of science fiction. Probably like I don't know whoever wrote Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. What's his name? I want to say Herman Melville, but that's Moby no, Dick, who no. wrote who wrote like Same The Time way. Machine yeah. and Wells, H.G. Wells, I think. I yeah, think so H.G. Wells is probably the granddaddy, um, and I think someone else wrote Jules Verne. I think wrote um, uh, Journey to the Center. Of Journey the to the Center of the Earth. That's yes. what I was thinking. Yeah, of. they're probably the granddaddies, and Isaac Asimov is kind of like the. I'd say he's part of like the modern science fiction because he wrote a lot of short stories. His stuff has been adapted poorly. Um, like, really just setting the bar for what science fiction is going to be like for quite a long time. Um, but he is... Isaac Asimov writes very much like, I have a single idea. The Like, iRobot is pretty much his most famous one. Where he's talking about the, like the laws of robotics. Maybe Foundation is also pretty popular. Um, it's turning into an Apple TV show, which I'm kind of interested in. Uh, Foundation is about like, hey, what if we can develop a science that can let us see the future called psychohistory, which is analyzing like 
the brain and history in a way that like lets you kind of project forward of like what you think is going to happen. Um, and it's very cool. Um, he cannot write characters mm. period. Like Asimov does not know how people, I don't want to be rude because like, so maybe it's not that he doesn't know, but I just think he writes very like wooden characters and his dialogue is entirely serving explaining the concepts that he is writing about right it's like, more about the idea less about like a character arc mm-hmm. or things like that the characters just serve yeah. the concept yeah the the laws of robotic short stories are almost always featuring these two like robotics repairsmen who uh they deal with the laws of robotics which i can't remember all i remember is that one don't harm humans and the others are, like, similar to that. And, like, a robot is either breaking the law or finding a way to get a loophole around a law like that. Um, and those short stories are almost always just these two guys talking the problem out to each other. And it does not matter who's speaking. They're just explaining things to each other and explaining it to the audience about what's going on. Um, the first Asimov story I ever read was about a murder mystery on the moon where he solves the the Sherlock Holmesy guy solves it by realizing that the character he's talking to who committed the murder has recently been on the moon because he didn't account for the gravity when he tossed someone something like it didn't go far enough he just wasn't his body wasn't used to that and that's interesting honestly that's probably my favorite one it's just it's a very quick story it's just like oh hey someone came back from the moon their sense of balance and like how how you should do something physically would be different. Um, but he doesn't write characters very well. Um, my dad specifically will say, like, he doesn't write characters well, and he doesn't write women at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> women exist, and actually, like, in the third foundation, like, a woman is the main character, so it kind of does a bit better, but it's just not great people writing. Chang is better, but... I still see elements of that with his writing. Um, I think Chang is way better at like kind of letting you seeing the person that he's like that is like the main character that you kind of like see a lot in the story, understanding them as a person and kind of like getting like what they're like. And they feel a little more real or grounded in the world they're in than just spouting off exposition for you to know what's going on in the story. Um, but I don't believe them whenever they talk. Like, Mm. I don't, I believe them when he's, like, talking about their, like, inner thought processes and, like, Jeremy, like, didn't know if it was worth being a believer because his wife dies or something like that Mm. in this world about angels and miracles and stuff. And I believe that. But, but then during dialogue. During dialogue and people interacting. And again, it's not like it's unbelievable. In fact, if I, I, I specifically remember there was like a section in Stories of Your Life where it's the Amy Adams character talking to the Jeremy Renner character. And they do like a bit of like soft flirting or something. Like you can just sort of tell there's like a little bit of stuff going on. And I just didn't buy it. I don't, like, I, I knew it, like, I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh, they're, like, getting to know each other, and they're getting to like each other, but I, I don't know what it was. There's just, like, some disconnect there 
like i don't know it sounds corny but like i didn't feel it i didn't like i didn't <laughs> <laughs> like it's like shouting at the like actors like you call that a kiss <laughs> <laughs> sort of thing so and i don't know that's just sort of how i felt about like the whole thing like i really like his world building and some of his world like stories are pretty notable in that like characters will not talk he'll describe the dialogue after but they don't speak and so I think that's very much like fitting his writing style. One of the few ones that I, that I felt worked um, other than that was a story about a man who kind of like in the, if you've ever seen the trailer for like Limitless, the one where Bradley Cooper takes a pill and he gets I've super smart. I've seen the smart. movie. Oh, wow. Or if you've seen Lucy, like, oh, you use 99% of your brain power now. This guy does that. And he becomes very smart and it's very, that one was fun and his writing felt like, <laughs> it's, it, I, this is not an insult in any way, but Ted Chang's writing style made me believe a person who became so intelligent he didn't see people as human, like, anymore, more than I believe, like, any of his other stuff. Hmm. So, I don't know. I think that's just, like, how I feel about it. I very much like his writing. I don't. Whenever I'm reading... Sh oh, I know another reason I like reading short stories. I always imagine, like, how I'd adapt them. I always mm -hmm. like imagining, like, is this... Like, I'm obviously reading literature. Is this a half-hour TV show is or episode? Is it an hour-long episode? Is it a movie? Or is it, like, a whole series right. type of thing? Or is it a comic book? Should this be a video game? I really love, like, when I'm reading something like, hmm, what other, like, medium does this fit? And uh, I don't know with Ted Chang's. I think most of them are TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of them you could do like, I, I, I think you could seriously like do a whole like Twilight Zone-esque like Well, and that's what I was series. thinking. Like, could you do like Black Mirror Ted Chang? Oh yeah, so. absolutely. I absolutely. Like every single one of those. Like there's maybe the odd couple, like the Golem one that I think could be a movie. Obviously Arrival made a good movie. Um, but I, yeah, so like most of his short stories, I would not want like a full series of it. I think that could be like, but I think like the Ted Chang hour or whatever, yeah. I'd watch that. Like, I oh, think that'd I definitely be, would. I think that'd be really great, but yeah, I think in general, I feel like more movies should be made from short stories than from books. I think books are way more suited to TV series. At least certain ones. Because they're longer. Yeah, there are some, like, um, there, there are obviously plenty of books that have been successfully and well adapted to movies. But, like, I mean, I read, like, a lot of fantasy and, like, epic, like, thousand-page volume stuff. Like, definitely should not be fit into an <laughs> hour-and-a-half, two-hour, even Peter Jackson three-hour stuff. Like, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. So, like... Brandon Sanderson stuff, almost always. Maybe the Mistborn books could be movies. Way of Kings has to be a TV series. Like, that's just, there's no other option. So, do you have any questions? I don't know, like... Well, um, have you read the second book? I have not, no. <laughs> and like I said, I, I, I would be surprised. I think I'd have to either, like, really love or really hate a story from that to want to talk about it again. Mm. Because... Even that uh, Life Cycle of Software Objects book, I, I, I see the things that I'm seeing in this. And I very definitely feel like I get Ted Chang. Like, not saying that, like, oh, I know what he's going to do next or I know what, like, 
what twist is going to happen in short stories. Most of them are not revolving around twists, but I'm just saying, I feel like I know what I'm going to get when I start reading a Ted Chang story. Um, and yeah, I, I just don't know if that's going to be worth like bringing here, but I definitely want to read it, but I have many other Christmas gifts to go through. <laughs> so yeah, honestly, I don't really have any other questions and I just enjoyed hearing about all the stories and now I kind of want to read it, but yeah, you definitely should. Um, it has a kind of boring cover, just a clock. I think it's fine. It's a fine, it's fine. I'm very much a, um, I do like simple book covers, but I also like kind of gonzo ones. So I don't know. <laughs> I think most short story collections have boring covers. Like science fiction ones are usually like, oh, here's a spaceship in space. And sci-fi or fantasy ones are usually like, here's a fantasy landscape. That's definitely not Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so, No, I like it. It fits, but it's like pretty and kind of vague. Yeah, it's a clock in front of a sky for those who can't see it. I'll post this and I'll post some of the other stuff I was talking about with the arts later. But I think that is it. Yeah. So uh, I will thank... Felt Punch for the use of their song Fighting Pose from the album His Strange Fighting Pose. And like I mentioned before, we are on Twitter. We do use it. We do not apologize um, for anything, uh, even late episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we'll be posting stuff like that with the images and other things. And uh, you're gonna, I, I can tell you right now that there is going to be another episode coming out soon because we're going to be recording it right after so there's no way absolutely no way anything could possibly ever come up uh that will delay it definitely not yeah. mm, it's impossible and if i'm wrong who cares <laughs> but uh you know about who cares if you want to leave us a review <laughs> yeah that'd be great uh we'll be we'd be happy to uh talk about it five star one star whatever it may be would love to have any review to talk about. I do understand. While I do not apologize, I do understand why there aren't more reviews for this <laughs> show. We know you're out there. We know you're listening. But, uh, I don't know. Tell us you love us. <laughs> Alright. But, uh, I think that's it. Next time, uh, we will be talking about Ghost in the Shell. Specifically, the, uh, graphic novel, um, or the, uh, whatever collected edition put out by Dark Horse a couple years ago. So, all right. I think that's it. Cool. Thanks. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye.